0: Hi, this is Cameron.
1: And this is Jorge Luis.
0: Today, we're going to look at the poverty of condition and the poverty of...
1: Being. We are so excited to share this information with you, so let's start now.
0: Hopecast. Learning about the life and mission of education equals hope. Hi, this is Cameron Vivanco, co-founder of Education Was Hope, and director of the program here in Ecuador.
1: And my name is Jorge Luis Rodriguez. I am the coordinator of teams and training for E Equals H here in Ecuador.
0: And welcome back to our Hopecast. The last time we uh, left you with the idea of poverty. Um, We talked about uh, crisis and relief work, rehabilitation work, development work, and how uh, Equals H is normally uh, doing development work. But in this time of COVID crisis, we have definitely gotten into the relief work. Um, And this time we said that we were going to talk about poverty. What is poverty, uh, because it's so much more complex. Uh, I'm just going to confess this. It sure. is so much more complex than I had <laughs> any idea yeah. uh, walking walking into this 18 years ago. Um, I only knew what what authors and missiologists and anthropologists talk about as the poverty of condition. I thought that was a whole thing of poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, what did it, it tell us, Jorge Luis, what is the poverty of condition?
1: Poverty of condition refers to everything that surrounds a person. Um, The situations around that person, the the material things around that person are not where they should be. Um, Basically, the needs of that person are not met.
0: Like water.
1: Like water. Anything that is tangible. Uh, Clothing, food, uh, education, Things that we will take for granted as Medicine. basic needs, mm-hmm. you know, anything that that is the need of the person, are, those needs are just not met.
0: Um, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, It generally, it, it's historically what gets most people um, involved in mission. Or if they're they're not people of faith, that mm-hmm. they still do outreach and go, "Whoa, this is not right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what is going yeah. on? We, everyone deserves to have clean." clean drinking water in their life we can figure this out that's that is the poverty of condition mm-hmm. um, I grew up I just want to own the fact that I grew up in a very uh, privileged setting mm-hmm. middle to upper class uh, white southern North America um, Grew up never wondering where my next meal would come from. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up going to another shout out to Durham Academy. Grew up going another shout out to the University of South in Suwannee, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Really, really fine educational institutions that set me up for so much, um, so much success in life. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, but I did. I didn't. I knew about poverty, and when I became um, a youth minister, I took. Uh, our youth group to do relief work or development work or mission work in general right. to Appalachia or to the Cumberland Mountains of Tennessee. We, we did and we saw poverty, but I I didn't grow up experiencing any of that. How about you?
1: I think first of all, I think the concept of poverty comes to me when I am able to, um, in a way, compare my situation to other people. You know, so I I also believe that I was. Um, that I grew up in a very privileged environment, mm-hmm. although it was not as sure or as secure as the one that you're mentioning. For mm-hmm. example, I do remember when I was a kid, I was maybe 14 years old when I was calling my, my aunt. as uh, She lived like a couple of minutes away from my house and we would like talk to each other and see, okay, what do you have in your home? Okay, I have two bananas, a can of mm-hmm. tuna. I have a cup of rice. What oh. do you have? Well, I have this, this, and this. So we were trying to put up all what we have together so mm-hmm. that we can prepare a meal for for our family. Mm-hmm. Um, those things, so situations. So you
0: had brushes with food insecurity, is, is the exactly. phrase now. But it wasn't an everyday occurrence. Not in your not everyday. But
1: I remember that it was a season, in a very long uh-huh. season. For example, I also remember that I had a school mm-hmm. that was for granted, like. I, I took that for granted. I have a school that I can go. I am studying. Uh uh, But also I stopped going to school for a month or a little bit more maybe Uh uh, because my dad was not able to pay for school. Mm -hmm. So I had to stop going to school until my dad was able to fix that situation Mm -hmm. and try to see where he could get a job or get the money so that we can go back to school.
0: So you have a... You have a, a real life understanding of that poverty of condition. And then both of us together mm-hmm. in the work that we do with Educational's Hope, we see that poverty of condition every which way. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, from the street corners where Ecuador is dealing with the refugee crisis from Venezuela on top of the pandemic of COVID-19, mm-hmm. um, double whammy crisis there. So many people in, in need that don't have food, housing, medicine, water, yeah. Access to education, transportation, yeah. those entire things. Entire
1: families coming down from Venezuela, mm-hmm. and they will come just with a backpack. Whatever Ecuador, they can again, fit there.
0: is 16 million people, and there are over 800,000 yeah. Venezuelan refugees in the country of Ecuador.
1: Families, entire families that just Generations came. Generations that came. Walking together. from there to here, and they just brought a backpack with whatever fit there, like nothing it else. Is. So they're like the poverty of condition of these people that we're talking about is absolutely tangible.
0: And it's in your face everywhere we go. I think that's one of the differences mm-hmm. um, for me between North America and South America and I'm speaking you know, of, of my context that's in the U.S. Um, but if you don't want to see poverty, you, you don't have to. More and more, mm, sure. and uh, of course, I have not traveled to the United States since COVID started, so what I'm saying could be <laughs> really yeah. outdated, and my yeah. apologies for that. But when I, the last time I was there, which was uh, less than a year ago, uh, the only, you might see someone holding a sign at, uh, at a freeway, the end ramp, off uh-huh. ramp of a freeway. Um, or you might see someone at a at a, a shopping mall with a sign, but it was generally one person, one sign, and
1: no more than no that. more
0: than that. Well, here it's every street corner. That, <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I I even remember that when I was a kid, I could not go out to a mall with my parents in Christmas because in right. every like every corner, I would see someone my age, mm-hmm. eight years old,
0: mm-hmm. yep.
1: asking for money.
0: Yeah, and, and that that's a cultural break... thing that people from the countryside come into Quito to, exactly. to beg for Christmas. Exactly. And they call it Christmas. They come up to your car door and go, um, "Can you give me Christmas?" And they hold out their hands like they're going to receive communion, or be- like, "Can you give me Christmas?" I'm like, yeah. oh, "I don't know what to do right now." I
1: remember like, having that conception since I was very little, mm-hmm. uh, and again, like seeing those things, I was not even able to enjoy a meal. Out of home mm. because, like, I was Outside seeing of people. Your house. Yes, uh-huh. you know, and even like when I won't, I just remember going out to do Christmas shopping or things like that, and seeing people. So I I, I remember that um, one Christmas we went to uh, a mall, and I got all all the stuff that I needed, and I came out of the the, the mall and found every person, like every person that I met there. I was just giving out whatever I got.
0: What you just bought? You gave it all away? All all away. And I was
1: just like in tears, like sobbing the entire time. So my mom decided like, you're not coming out of the (laughs) house during Christmas.
0: You're not allowed to do this again. Because
1: you're just giving everything away. And it would truly break my heart. So Mm -hmm. I remember not just acknowledging that in the um, external part, you know, in the tangible part, but also the feeling, understanding in my heart how hard it is because mm-hmm. I have left it too, mm-hmm. but don't even imagine how it feels like yeah. where they are. And, know? of course,
0: right now we're talking about malls and, and, and Venezuelan refugees that yes. we see on the street corner, and we haven't really dug into uh, our our constituency, the <laughs> educational <laughs> hope that the students uh, for which we uh, try so desperately to help provide, mm-hmm. um, provide for them the, uh, an education in the middle of their desperate and difficult situations. And in those situations, gosh, I mean, we have... Th- Three hundred nineteen students this year, and we know that every single one of them live this exact same thing uh, to to one degree or another. Yeah, Um, it is that poverty of condition is real. What I have learned. Over the last eighteen years is that's not the whole story of poverty <laughs> I thought not just that it, it that is just uh, at best a third of it, mm-hmm. perhaps even less um, and so let's take a a, a left hand turn or a right hand turn to Albuquerque right? <laughs> Bugs Bunny fans out there. Um, the, so there is a poverty of condition, very real. It gets people involved, but there's also the poverty of being. That That is a, coi- a phrase coined by Robert Chalmer- Chambers. Um, some people refer to it as the poverty of self. Like mm-hmm. you don't think because you live in a poverty of condition, you think that you are less than or less important. The authors of when Helping Hurts uh, have this incredible story of polling, predem- pro- oh, wow, I used to be able to speak <laughs> English. I'm so sorry. <laughs> polling predominantly Caucasian, middle mm-hmm. to upper class, North American Protestant churches, and asking what the definition of poverty is. And they got the answers back that we just talked about, like all yep. the, the lack of things. But when they asked the poor people themselves, what is the definition of poverty They were astounded by the answers that came back. And while having a lack of things was was mentioned, the core, the the center of being poor to the poor people was hopelessness, helplessness, voicelessness, Mm -hmm. not being important or worthy. It was a much more psychological state than a physical state. And if people who are doing poverty alleviation if they have a different definition of poverty than what the poor people themselves know to be poverty, like that is one of the main places where we we mess up. We just sure. flat out mess up in poverty relief and mission and outreach. Um, we're trying to solve a problem and we're completely missing the mark yep. because we yep. have the wrong definition of what we can't we, we, we don't even know what the goal is. We're headed yeah. to a completely different sure. goal. Does that make sense?
1: That makes sense. I think it's really important um, to to acknowledge that there is more than one aspect of poverty. Mm-hmm. And in order to understand that, you, you're you not just it's not enough to just observe. Mm-hmm. It's necessary to dig into it yeah. and try to put your hands in the topic and understand Surely, as I was telling you, like, I think comparison is not the best way, mm-hmm. but I mm-hmm. think that's the way, even f- um, from little ones, like, you know, f- since you're a kid, mm-hmm. when you grow up, the comparison is what it makes you aware uh-huh. of what things are not. What I have versus you know? what
0: you have or what you have versus what I have. Exactly. Or- and
1: I think that conception changes everything in a person's life.
0: Mm-hmm. They
1: grow up with this sense of, I don't have enough because you have more than I. Mm-hmm. And you will always have more. You will always be more than what I am, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And that, and that, that again, that poverty of being, of always thinking you will always be more than I am. Mm-hmm. And what a lie from the pit of hell. I mean, that is... That impacts
1: is, every area of your life.
0: Absolutely. If right? you don't think that you deserve to have food or deserve to have running water... or Basic if, things. If you don't... And that someone else is always better than you are... Mm-hmm. I mean that is that is a huge huge mountain to climb, and it is a lie. I mean, let's just uh-huh. flat out say uh-huh. that that's a lie, True. and that's part of uh, when you and I work in Educational Hope. That's part of um, of our poverty alleviation is helping to fight that poverty of self, and empowering and raising up uh, leaders and and setting up circumstances where people can discover their own God-given gifts and exactly. talents that yeah. just because they don't have running water in their house doesn't mean that they're a bad person or that they're a worthless yeah. person.
1: Yeah, although they cannot achieve something in life.
0: They can't achieve Because I anything. think that's
1: something that they have really inside their hearts and their minds, I cannot achieve anything in life. Mm-hmm. And it's great that you mentioned that because um, I would like to share with everyone that listens this, what we try to do to help others is not just give them things, right. but also share with them. We try actually not to
0: give them things. <laughs> we, but all, we have a very special
1: <laughs> exactly. way
0: to do that, to follow the rules.
1: <laughs> and the, the most important thing is that we're able to share with them the truths of what God has prepared for them, mm-hmm. what he has intended for, for them. Mm-hmm. The most important thing that we have and that the most important thing that we can do is a love on others by telling them what God has intended for them, mm-hmm. how they see them.
0: And how right? much and how very, very much they are loved. Exactly. And that they are important and they are worthy and they are valuable. And there are so many people... And I, the thing, I, I know that there's so many people who are thinking this because I used to think this, yeah. <laughs> like why, but that's like, oh, that's so intangible and so touchy feely and feel good. And let's just get some water. Like, let's, let's meet this need. Let's build a yeah. house. Yeah, 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 let's, But when we, when we fail to recognize the state of the person's understanding of themselves and of their world. You can build them a house, but yeah. if they don't have any buy-in in it, if they are not a part of that process, if they don't think that that's their house, like, if they weren't, again, in part of that process, they have the house. I and mean, we've seen this happen. Like Sure, sure. The, the foundation that, that helped take uh, people out of the city garbage dump. And bought land and built houses and said, here, you don't have to sort through garbage anymore. Here is land to cultivate in a house. And within six months, all, they had abandoned that and had come back to the city garbage dump. Yeah, They never thought it was their own. They had no, it was so foreign. And the the skewed view of who they were on the inside was so strong that they couldn't, they couldn't just wish it away because they had four walls and a roof. True. It's, hard. it's Gosh, the poverty of being is, um, oh, it's so in there. <laughs> um, so as we've just barely scratched the surface of this poverty of being, um, we are going to tell you about our good friend David as mm. as we kind of look at this um look at a a real life example of David. And David will tell you the end of the story in this podcast, and then we'll tell you the rest of the story um, in Mm -hmm. the next. But the end of the story (laughs) is he is one of our university students. Yeah. Yeah. We get to work with him through Casa Gabriel, a home for former street boys. And he is getting a degree in social work. And when you hear his story, you're you're just going to be blown away by that. Yep. So, well, thank you guys. Thanks for coming along on this journey with us as we dive into poverty. Um, Thank you, Jorge Luis. And as always, uh, if you would like to know more about Education Equals Hope or if you would like to join our financial support team because we can't give away micro scholarships <laughs> if, we, <laughs> if we don't have the money to do it, we would love for you to be a part of that. Please look at our website, www.educationequalshope.org.
1: Thanks for engaging with our Hopecast and thanks for your support all the time. Bye. Ciao.